Welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California Film Minnesota. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I am certainly Looking California today, I'll tell you that much. And I am joined, oh, I'm an acting coach and a writer, by the way, uh, sometimes stationed in Southern California. Right now I'm in a, another port, part of the country that is very sunny and beautiful day today. Um, and I just had a groundhog run by my my window. So everything's looking was, up for me. Was Bill Murray chasing him? That's what the world <laughs> wants to know. Well, I think that I'm actually on a farm and the farmer is here. And I have a funny feeling that the groundhog who we have named Shep uh, may be running to his demise right now, um, <laughs> which, which is a little uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, I'm joined by a, a fella from Minnesota. Yeah. Barry, tell us about yourself. I'm a director based in the uh, middle north of the country and, uh, you know, doing my thing, working and taking some time off to talk about one of our favorite topics in life, uh, movies. And uh, you, you came up with a crazy idea because lately the movies we've been seeing yeah. that we've had time for have not been worthy for a podcast. So you kind of, you, you did a, a psychological test. You wanted us to go to most of the major streaming platforms, try to navigate and find movies that we could recommend. So after countless hours, <laughs> thrown items, slamming on keyboards, <laughs> trying to navigate them, I have a list. <laughs> but let me just tell you, without... Okay, now... <laughs> yeah. There is a small... I think it's the devil, you know, like the small place in hell, like what might happen is you might get stuck in a room and here navigate sites and look for a movie without a search tool. Cause these sites, whoever designs them, uh, it makes no sense to me. Okay. Let's uh, yeah. No. We have a lot to go through. No. We'll start with that. First of all. So what we're going to do here is we're just going to give some recommendations for people these are not necessarily the greatest films or our favorite films. They're just good films that like, if, if you're looking for something to watch, you can watch and they're on streaming services for at least the next month. So, you know, just something to check out. It's like a viewer's guide. Now, the reason we came to this topic was because <laughs> Barry and I were like, Hey, what should we talk about? What movie should we talk about? And we'd been kicking around some ideas, but the problem is, is that for instance, for me personally, doing what I do for a living of having to watch movies. I was forced <laughs> to watch, here are the last three movies that I had to watch and write about. The first was Candyman, where I actually, God help me, went to a theater to see Candyman and write about it. Um, not something I would recommend other people do. The next one, which I did the very next day, I had to get up at 6 a.m to watch this movie and then write about it for deadline was Cinderella on Amazon Prime, which is the, uh, the musical. It's, it's, it was rough, it's rough. And then the next thing I had to watch is, and I couldn't believe this happened to me, is I had to watch um, Harry and Meghan escaping the palace, a, a Lifetime movie on the Lifetime channel which by the way, I don't even have the Lifetime channel. I had to like get a, a different app to like watch this movie as it was rolling on the Lifetime channel. And God, it was just, so those are the last three movies I've seen. And I'm just like, 
we can't talk about any of those. God help us. We can't. It's, it's we're we're diving into the Lifetime uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame movie uh, right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> the funny thing about the Harry and Meghan movie is that, and I had no idea this was true, there are two other ones. This is this is a trilogy. It's like it's like The Godfather or something. This is like the third one. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. And, you know, if I were diligent at my work, I guess I would have watched the other two, but um, not not this that's, week. That's why those were so quality that we decided to spend hours and hours and hours on streaming sites begging for a movie <laughs> worth talking about. That's trying to scroll through these streaming sites. And that's the other point, as Barry was so astutely observing. These streaming services are really dreadful house of mirrors type nightmare rides to navigate they are so not consumer friendly and the worst one of all is the most shocking one it's amazon prime amazon is the, is like the largest tech company in the universe and it controls the the entire world and you can't get on there and just be like yeah, show me all the movies that are on Amazon Prime I can watch for free because they don't have a list of that. You have to like go through these, oh, here are the Amazon Prime originals, which by the way, if you want to watch the new Cinderella, you can. I wouldn't recommend that. That's there. And then I found movies just by searching randomly, not even Amazon Prime. I'd find movies that were on Amazon Prime that I actually wanted to watch. It's the strangest thing thing in yeah. the world i don't understand well no, i'm an idiot and, and no, I, it's I, not because the apple we talked about this in a previous podcast apple, oh God, if, you leave, apple. if you're watching something you leave you come back you have to restart the episode it does not remember yeah. where you were so right. that it, it just shows yeah that but barry barry that's very advanced technology yeah i know i know it's very <laughs> it's very weird the uh but it just shows you that the tech companies that are controlling content the content part of their business model is so, so low on that, you know, totem pole that literally they don't care. You know, it's just there. Like you guys deal with it. We're not going to bother organizing anything in a fashion. If you guys find something, if we make something, we'll tattoo it all over everything, including our shopping site, but the rest of this stuff. Yeah. Good luck. So, yeah. I mean, Amazon just, they just bought how much they spend for, the MGM stuff or whatever it was, the you know, like the eight billion dollars or yeah. something for like more, more, the Rocky and and James Bond movies. More more than Pixar, more than Star Wars, <laughs> more than Marvel. Yeah. So if you had a chance to buy Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars for half the price of James Bond and what was the other one? Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. yeah. Which one would you? Which one would you spend yeah. twice Tough. the amount of money for? Well, the best part is that you spend all that money and then you can't find any MGM movies on Amazon Prime. Well, you can't that, watch them. <laughs> that and it's they don't insane. have they don't have control to do what they want with Bond, which is also that's yeah, that's, boy, that's that's a whole another discussion. Yeah. Goodness gracious! So, everybody, this is what Barry and I are going to do. We're going to just give you some uh, pluck some gems from these streaming services that you know they're worth watching and that we enjoy and and we think you should check out if you get a chance it, it might help you navigate these services no, if you no, no. know what you're looking for no, no no we're not helping them navigate we're just type in the search bar 
click play. That is what the yes. take away yeah. from this. Don't right. Why I read a thing today or yesterday. I think they now estimate that the amount of time we spend searching uh, sites for for content will now comprise 100 days of our lives. Oh, I think it'll be longer than that. I think it'll I, it'll it'll immediately. Like, I did that literally in the last week. <laughs> 100 years of our lives. I yeah. think eventually. Yeah, boy, it's it's I, it's funny because I was like scrolling through these websites just looking for like movies, and I'm like. Just trying to do that is next to impossible. It's so which so weird. Which start with? Which oh, that's one? a good question. Which one do we um, Now, here's the one. I'll just throw these out. These are the ones that I picked from. I went, I went, did Amazon, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, and Disney. Yep. Okay, good. Well, good, because um, I did Tubi, uh, <laughs> Crackle. <Jesus>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, golly. Okay, so do you have a preference? Uh, let's roll. Let's start with Hulu. We'll just go random. Let's do Hulu. Hulu was great. Okay, Remember so Hulu, Hulu was a big thing, then it wasn't a thing, and now it's a thing again. You know what's funny? It, it really is. I never think to watch Hulu, but when you get to Hulu, there's a lot of really there's good a, stuff. There's really good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, you want to go first? Yes. So, okay. and I'm going to give some caveats to like, like you already said, these aren't necessarily the best movies. Yeah, they're give, not the best. I'm giving a reason why if you haven't seen them or if you have, you might want to revisit them. Um, and I will start with the most obscure, probably on my list, or maybe not obscure, but just one that people go like, what? Um, I did 1968's Night of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. It started the whole uh, zombie craze, which is yep. you know still big today. But what I love is I watched this with my daughter a few years ago, and I'm not a zombie guy. Don't really like horror gore movies. This movie's not very gory, and it's very low budget, and it's basically like a really, really well done Twilight Zone. Like just everything about it, when you watch it, you're like, wow. This movie was, you can just tell, and I know we've talked about it before. I know you're a fan of Godzilla, but when you watch the original Godzilla, even though it's low budget and doesn't have anything, you can just tell that like they know how to make a movie. Yeah. And Night of the Living Dead, I was a huge fan of the Twilight Zone and all those like sci-fi things. So this this was a non-gory, very clever, you know, fun ending just kind of movie to do. So if you've never, never been that sort of person or, or haven't dipped back into the 1960s area of cinema, uh, the low budget classic Night of the Living Dead is on Hulu. You know what? I am not a zombie guy either. And I haven't seen Night of the Living Dead in... I, you will love it if you haven't seen it. God, 30 years maybe? Yeah. 35 years? Gosh, I'll have to check that out. All right, it, should I do one or you want to do your whole list? Uh, I get, uh, let's try this one going back and forth and we'll see if the next. Okay. Uh, okay. So mine, my, my Hulu, this movie has been on Hulu for a while and I've been uh, trying to get people to watch it for a long time. And I don't think I've succeeded at all, <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to try again. <laughs> so this movie is called shoplifters. It's a Japanese film from 2018 uh, directed by, see if I can pronounce this name, uh, Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, Perfect, you nailed it. Yes. Now, if you like 
Parasite. I love Parasite. You will like this movie. Then I need it to watch Shoplifters. Is, I it. it is extremely well made, really well written. And it's a fascinating sort of meditation on family and what that means and your perception of reality and um, sort of living in the shadow of capitalism. You know, this, this people surviving sort of on the, on the fringe of this thriving system where they're not a part of it for whatever reason. I saw it in the theaters. I, I was lucky enough to stumble upon it. Boy, I really love this movie. And it's funny having seen Parasite after this movie, this movie came out before Parasite. And so I saw Parasite after. It's, it's a companion piece in so many ways to Parasite because again, it's about a family sort of on the fringe of society and navigating all of that, all the class stuff that takes place. So please, I've implored people to watch this movie, give it a shot. And absolutely not a single one of them has. And their eyes glaze over. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm telling you, it's not like some weird esoteric movie. It's like a really compelling, it's like Parasite when I would say to people, you gotta see Parasite. And then they'd finally relent and they'd see it and they'd be like, oh my God, I love Parasite. Like, exactly. This is this type of movie. Please see it. Barry Anderson from Minneapolis, St. Paul, the Twin Cities. Please watch this movie. I'd love, we should talk about it. I'm just going to say that it sounds like we got a podcast. I like it. Yeah. We'll talk about this. We'll do a double Stop header. talking. This, Save your gems for the next one. Just tell, tell me the name of the movie. And, and the new Cinderella. We'll yeah. watch. No, Shop- Shoplifters. Shoplifters okay. from 2018, directed by Hirokazu Koreeda. Please check it out. It's really great. Now, very interesting. You might make me feel much less cultured uh, because I'm 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 not picking an obscure foreign film. But I'm gonna th- this is one of my favorite films. There's yeah. flaws with it, but it's as a directing, acting, just everything about it. It's just almost every scene is classic. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, I know. I, I mean, saw it on there and I, I was like, oh man. I Butch, I love Butch love Cassidy it. and Sundance Kid. Love it. It's it's often described as like the perfect movie, and then you watch it again, and you're like, "Wow, it really is." <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the only the last time I saw it, the only thing I would make a complaint is I forgot at the end it kind of turns into a giant montage movie, and yeah. that's the weakest part that I wish they would have not done that. Um, but the re- I mean, oh, so good. It's so. I mean, the directing on that is second to none. Uh, it yeah. is it is oh it's so good so it's just one of those ones that if you haven't seen it if you have seen it and love it it's time to watch it again go watch but casting and it, and it is one of those movies that like you can just i mean even if you've seen it multiple oh, times yeah, you can put it on it's not going to let you like wander you're not going to no. get you're just going to be like look this is peak yeah redford yeah. and newman Think but about that. Newman never waned. Newman was great from start to finish. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, Newman was the best. But you know what I mean? Like the yeah. two of them, peak movie star sort of oh, yeah. power. Um, just a great, great script. Such yep. a great script. Um, George Roy Hill, right? He directed yep. that. Yep. And uh, man, great movie. It's yeah, funny. Man. I was, I was going to pick that movie. 
And well, my, my question is going to be, is with having five of them in a couple selections, are we ever going to land on the same movie? I don't know. That's kind of We almost did right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Seriously. Because the movie I picked, which I'm going to pick right now, which I'll share right now, um, it was between this one and that one. Okay, okay. And, and, I almost, and they were like right next to each other. And I was like, you know what? If I, if I had the time, I would, this is what I'd watch. And this is, and I, and I you know, it, every cinephile out there is just going to go like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Conversation. Oh, such a good night, right? Oh Everybody my God. has it's that such a good movie. It's so it's good. So good. Dean Hackman. I mean, that what I, again, I wish movies were made like that today because well, it's like, I mean, things like Parasite are probably closer, but I mean, it's just it, it doesn't pander to the audience. Yeah. You think it's going one way, it goes the other. Like, it, I just it's so good, and it's it, it's so. I'm going to use a very bad descriptor. It's a plain movie. There's not a lot yeah. of dressing to it. It's just kind of people in rooms. And they and they they tried stuff with the camera that you're like, wait, what's happening? And then it works. Oh, it's just, it's so, it's so and, good. And the beauty of this movie, and first of all, it's from 1974. It's, it's uh, written and directed by a little guy called Francis Ford Coppola, who, you know, he, he's churning out, the godfathers and apocalypse now in the 70s and this movie is sort of the forgotten masterful film yeah it's it's really a brilliant movie it stars gene hackman and it's just one of those 70 movies that i just love yeah. i love this type of filmmaking i love the sort of themes of it and and it's it's just it's so captivating and it draws you in and it the other thing I love about it, and as you'll see in my other lists, a lot of films are like this. It's got this sort of 1970s, post-Kennedy uh, sort of fever dream of the Nixon era paranoia to it that fuels it, yet makes it so compelling and entertaining, and it takes its time. Yeah, the pacing in these movies, it's really such a shift if you're used to watching, you know, particularly films in the last bunch of years, but it's just such a, a, a wonderful film. And I just, I love this movie so much. And it's so funny because every filmmaker I've ever spoken to, whenever you mention the conversation, they have the same reaction you just had. Of like, oh, I love that movie. Well, what's it's funny so is great. I, I didn't see it till probably, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. And it was one of those ones that I'm like, I love Gene Hackman. You know, you're familiar with Coppola's work. I'm like, what? And I put it on and it was just like, what 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 just happened like how is right. not everybody like and you're like it's <laughs> right it's it's just it's a, it's a forgotten movie yeah how are we not all having a conversation about the conversation yeah, i agree i agree really? well yeah can i can i just say that gene hackman what an incredible talent and like it's kind of like people forget about him like totally so many great movies so many great performances and it's just yeah. like he just disappeared he stopped acting he's done like, wow it's kind of sad it is. It is. But he, I mean, you know, he's like 90 something at this point. Well, I mean, I'm not saying he should be acting. I'm just saying like with Sean yeah. Connery, when he stopped acting, people kept talking about him. You know, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got, uh, got one any more. other ones. I got one, one more in this one and I'll be okay. very curious how you react to this one. Okay. Because you know me, I'm a humongous comedy fan. Like, yes. I want things to make people laugh. Yeah. And I hadn't seen this movie until a few years ago. And when I watched it, it's not a flawless movie, 
but some of the sequences are so funny and so well done. And the pairing is one of the all time greats, but I put down see no evil, hear no evil. Have you seen that? I don't even know what that is. It's a Gene Wilder and, um, uh, 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 oh my God. Richard Pryor? Richard Pryor. Oh, and wait. Maybe I have seen it. It And uh, Richard Pryor is, uh, I think he's deaf. No, no, I think he's blind. And Gene Wilder's deaf. In some of the, the, the comedic, the blocking, what they do when he first meets at the little stand that he's at, he keeps dropping. There's like, it, it is so, I mean, comedy is not done like this anymore. And yeah. it's just charming. And I feel like if you haven't seen it, if you like to laugh, even if you don't like the movie, there's at least three or four scenes in this that you'll be like, I want to watch that again. This was fantastic. Yeah. Th there's another one that is, is often overlooked for a variety of reasons. I think nowadays it's they're overlooked as a pairing because uh, of a lot of the stuff they did was would be deemed offensive now but wasn't then but like the gene wilder richard pryor pairing was just i mean i talk mean about talk, talk about yeah gold. and two even i mean gene wilder we've talked about this yeah just uh, is one of my favorite actors slash comedic presences of cinema history he's he's a brilliant guy of course, Richard Pryor is arguably the greatest stand-up comedian to ever exist. And so but the two of them together, like stir crazy and that stuff, just so great. Their chemistry is outstanding. Like yeah. sometimes you put two funny people together and it competes or kind of, you know, snuffs another one out or one kind of dominates. Yeah. They 100% are like the old classic Abbott and Costello. They just play off each other well. They work. Their, you know, their timing is perfect. And I had not, I had not seen this movie. And when I did, I was like, oh my God, I was trying to show people like, just watch this scene. Just watch this scene. It's right. so funny. People were like, stop it with your stupid comedy thing. <laughs> that, that was my list from Hulu. There will be more comedies to come, by the way. There will be more. All right. I have two more from Hulu, which oh, wow. surprised me because again, I always forget about Hulu. Well, I picked this one last and I had so many for the other ones. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> Like a nine-hour podcast. I, I got to stop. Okay, I'll do these two real quick. The first one is Another Round, which is a film from last year. Um, Thomas Vinterberg film starring Mads Mikkelsen. It, uh, was that the, was that the drinking one? Yeah, that's that the drinking dominated? one. It, it, yeah. It's, a, it's about this group of guys in uh, Denmark, I think. Yeah, in Denmark. Um, who decide to do this experiment about day drinking. So like you're allowed to drink during the day, but like you have to work, you know, and they're yes. like teachers and stuff. And it's a really, Mads Mikkelsen is absolutely amazing in it. It's a really fascinating movie. It's a really, um, there are really funny moments in it. The film itself is, has this existential power to it, which is sort of surprising. Um, the, the, as I said, the, the, director Thomas Vinterberg his daughter who was supposed to be in the film actually died right before they started shooting and so it the film carries this sort of sentimental weight to it and it's just a really interesting movie it's not by the way you know it, it's funny and there are fun parts in it so please it's not like some heavy thing but it's definitely worth seeing and the other one is you know this is not going to surprise anybody especially not you um but the thin red line 
by Terrence Malick. Um, I think it's one I of know, the greatest I know you war well. movies ever made. So what's the best kids movie? And my honorable <laughs> mention is A Thin Red Line. <laughs> Thin Red Line is, is sort of the thinking man's war movie. It's about, um, it's not about as much the physical toll of war as the mental, emotional, and, and psychological toll. And uh, boy, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And some great performances in it. So please, check it out. Beautifully shot, by the way. Just gorgeous. Gorgeous piece of filmmaking. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's it. So that's Hulu. So we'll go through these real quick. So for Hulu, if you're looking for things to watch, Barry says to go check out Night of the Living Dead. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and See No Evil, Hear No Evil. My choices are Shoplifters, The Conversation, Another Round, and The Thin Red Line. So that's, hey, look, that's seven movies you can watch on Hulu alone, which, by the way, would be pretty great week if you're yeah. watching one of those a night. That was, Just, I agree. That I would agree. be pretty awesome. All right, what should, what should we do next? We're doing Thanks. Amazon next. Oh, uh, God. I gave up their search. So I only have two. Once I found my two, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of this. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It took so much effort for me to go so, through this. So exhausting. It's like, son of a bitch. Unbelievable, <laughs> this thing. Um, okay, so why don't, you, why don't you give your list if you have two? We'll just go through do it that one. All right, so one, one I've talked about on podcasts before. And then if you know me, the other one's not a surprise because it's one of my top three movies in my, like, if I was stranded in a desert island, this movie comes with me. But I'm going to go with the one we've talked about before. It's a classic, a modern-day classic, underrated, um, with one of our favorite producer actors. Uh, but the movie is Moneyball. Oh, okay. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, the movie, again, it's it. the pacing is darn near perfect. Like, it shouldn't be engaging in the way that it is. And it's just, it's just a charming wonderful movie to watch and i i wish more people watch it so that's why i bring it up um yes first of all uh moneyball nice piece of filmmaking yes and one of the more how to phrase this one of the more impressive sort of restrained brad pitt performances yeah uh, I think, it, I think he, it's amongst his best, if not his best. I, I agree. It is. Yeah. I think I think people get lost with him. I mean, his performance, how how he picks up uh, jo- uh, Jonah Hill's character in that first meeting. There's just so many things going on that you can tell, like the wheels are turning. I'm understanding his character. Yeah. You know, he the way he paints his picture. That's an actor who's been working with some some chops. And he doesn't, he doesn't overuse anything. It just it's yeah. the right amount. It As a feels shot, like the right amount of spice. It feels like the like Brad Pitt, him finally shedding all of the Brad Pitt stuff. Yeah, that that Mr. and Mrs. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, you look all that Brad Pitt stuff. He's he's was this sex symbol for so long, and and you know, rightfully remember, so. Remember he's a great Troy? looking guy. Oh, who could forget it? Um, <laughs> I do remember Troy, Um, but it, it, it felt like the first time he sort of shed all that and became like embraced being this middle-aged 
character actor slash movie star that he always wanted to be, by, by yes. the way. And he's actually thrived since yeah. then. Well, we've, we've talked um, about that. He's one of the yeah. most interesting people working today. He is, and, and has great taste in film and, and uh, as a producer as well. So what's your other one, Barry? So this is the Pantheon. This is on the Mount Rushmore films in my book. Okay, all right. The classic, classic, Jaws. Okay. I'm so, oh, bam. I almost went with Jaws. The moment that came up, I'm like, done, checkbox, done. Yeah. Like, right there. It's I almost movie, went with that. Great performances. It holds up. It is, the music's perfect. You know, it's, it's, it's a template in the same way that movies like Die Hard should be a template when they yeah. make movies today. You don't see the shark for a long time and you build up kind of the whole tone, the characters, what the struggle is. And nowadays, like that just never happens. Like it's just a dumpster fire from the beginning and you have no idea, don't know what's going on. And Jaws, I mean, there's a reason it's been scaring people for 40 years. It, yeah. you know, it, it, it understands the DNA and how the human brain works. So go back when you want to make a movie and study what makes Jaws great. And it stems first and foremost from the performances and the characters. Roy, I mean, honestly, as much... I have a love-hate relationship with uh, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus? Because he can be great or he can be terrible. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Mr. Holland's can. opus was a dumpster fire. Ooh, I know he got nominated yeah. for Academy Award. But his performance in Jaws is fantastic. And yeah, he's great. And I think the reason he's forgot is because you had um, um, Robert Shaw. His performance is yeah. Quint. It just dumb, just dumb. I mean, he outshines Jaws. I mean, his yeah. performance is phenomenal. He's scratching the his fingernails so on the chalkboard. Oh, it's fantastic. So if you, I mean, if you haven't seen Jaws by now, you're obviously scared uh, to do so, which I won't force you to. But please, it is just, it's it's perfect. It is. It's it's so good. And here's now's the perfect time to watch it because beach season is over. Yeah. You know and I mean? by the time beach season comes again, maybe you won't be thinking all about it all the time. Um, it, it's on TV a lot. You know? I, every time. Literally, yeah. if you want to sneak up and murder me, just put on Jaws on a TV and I won't be paying attention to anything else. So I'll be flipping around and like, you know, looking for something to watch and Jaws will be on. And I'm not going to watch the whole movie because I refuse to watch a movie with commercials. But I'll click on it and watch like whatever section comes yeah. before the commercials. And then generally... If there's nothing else on, I'll just go back and watch it again. And that, I did that's, that. That's the channel that's on last recall. You're right. looking for something else, but it, I heard And I, I did that probably three weeks ago, I think. I was just flipping around. I'm like, oh, the scene. And I, so I caught the, um, the scene where they go out at night because there's a boat that's like capsized or oh, whatever. Yep. And they're like, and Richard Dreyfus goes, I'm going to go in the water. Oh. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here with my mother and I go, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not going in that water at night, man. I don't know what he's thinking. This guy's out of his mind. And then that goes into, I'd forgotten this, that goes into the scene on the beach where Richard Dreyfus and Roy Scheider are talking to the mayor yeah. about oh. like, we got to close the beach and yes. everything. And in the background, there's the billboard yep. with the, somebody in spray paint. It's so good. One man. of the, one so of the best oneers. I mean, just talk about a mastery of the visual language. I mean, so much is in that whole scene and it works so well on so many levels. It is, 
It is, it is, it is a genius. It is. It's, it's as great as it is supposed to be. Yes. All right. So those are the, your two. Yes. Those are my two. Okay. I Here, I, after those. I'm going to change my list briefly because I realized this when I was making it that there is a movie I could have recommended you watch that we could have talked about that is on here. Oh, no. um, and I'll just tell you what it is okay. and I'll tell people to watch it. So maybe if they watch it, yeah, well, they we'll can listen to the podcast. The... So it's the documentary Val. Oh, I about... watched it. Oh, we should have talked we, about that. We should have talked about Val. We should have talked about it. <laughs> um, we won't talk about it now, but yeah. I would just say to people, please watch that movie. Yes. It's, it's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. fascinating. And I, We'll get into it at the next podcast, yeah. but I have a whole insight into nice. Val, who's, who's, yeah, we're good friends. So my first movie, and I actually watched this a couple of weeks ago. I was like, just thinking like, oh, I want to watch something. Um, the Parallax View, which is a 1974 Alan Pakula film um, starring Warren Beatty who plays this um, reporter, this investigative reporter, sort of tracking down this, this mystery, there's an assassination of a political uh, a politician. Um, and Warren Beatty sort of falls into a conspiracy around it, gets involved in it. It's an often overlooked film. It's a difficult film to find, but here it is on Amazon. And you have to actually search Amazon specifically for it to find it. And again, it's from 74. It's not a perfect film, but it's a very 70s film. And again, it's got that sort of conspiracy paranoia to it, which I find so appealing in cinema. And it is, Warren Beatty is not playing a sex symbol or a sexy guy in this movie. There's like no sex in it at all. But he is so impossibly handsome. <laughs> and it's just like, He's this walking billboard for himself and it's peak Beatty being Beatty where you watch it. I put it on and, and I'm not a Warren Beatty fan. I put it on and I watched like the first 10 minutes and I'm like, wow, I completely understand why Warren Beatty was such a big movie star because women absolutely go bananas for this guy and you see it. And it's a really interesting and, and, thematically brave movie so i would say just give it a shot watch it go for it uh my next movie again this is sort of typical it's uh it's called cold war it's a 2018 film uh polish film by pavel pavlikowski it was it was nominated for uh best foreign picture actually and uh Best director and best cinematography. There you go. It's such a good movie. It follows this young woman from a rural town in, in Poland and this guy who he's a musician and they have this love affair relationship across sort of the cold war from Poland to crossing the, um, uh, into the West in Paris and then going back and like how that affects their relationship, how that affects their lives, how all the bigger things sort of playing out on the world stage are actually playing out in their relationship. It's a really great movie. And I, and I mean, great. 
And I recommend highly people check it out. It's really wonderful. The last one is just me being me. Um, I've watched this movie. It's been on TV and I've been suckered into it probably four times in the last month. Um, it's The Natural with Robert oh, Redford. Yes. That's it's, a good movie. Like it's I love it. It's, it's Barry Levinson, um, written by Roger Town. And great cast, Robert Redford, uh, Glenn Close, Robert Duvall, Kim Basinger is, is smoldering in it. I love baseball. And, you know, I often hear people talk about, like, you know, the consensus is that um, uh, Bull Durham is the best baseball movie ever. And I vociferously disagree. I love The Natural. First of all, it's the, the era that it's in. It's in the, you know, 19, uh, you know, 30s or whatever, 19, I think it's the 30s. And um, just great movie. Robert Redford is movie starring out on us. And it just, it moves me every time. I love it. Love it. Love it. So check out The Natural on Amazon. I would, uh, I would you... say that, that if I made a list of movies that... I know that book people always say the movies are worse than the book. That is one that the movie may be better than the book. I've never read the book. The, the ending is a little bit different. And I think that the Hollywoodized ending worked uh, in a way that I think if they would have done it purely accurate in the book, it would not have been as, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's just a magic to it. That is, that's it, a good word. It is magic. Yeah. I mean, when that, when the lightning bolt, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I could and the, and the right kid, now. the the uh, the bat boy, yeah, oh, right? he best. he's just it's he's so good, you know, and it's like, yeah. So I, I just really love the movie, and it's you know I'm a sentimental person at heart, I suppose. So I'm guilty on charge. Okay, so Amazon Prime, here we go. Here are the movies. Barry went with Moneyball and Jaws, two solid picks. I went with Val, the documentary about Val Kilmer. Um, the Parallax View, Cold War, and The Natural. So what are we doing next, Barry? Where are we headed? Let's, well, considering the fact that next year they'll all be owned, let's just go with the, the corporate greed master, Disney, next. Oh, I love Disney. I, lo I love Disney so much. They're like a second home to me. <laughs> um, okay, Barry, what do you got from Disney? Which, by the way, Disney... It's a really weird company, man. When you scroll through. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like the genres and how deep they are. It's quite crazy. So I picked four movies from theirs. Wow. But the, and you're going to see why they're like, they couldn't be any, far, like the four movies are in like different universes. All right. Well, I oh. only have one. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, you go through yours then. You, you fire first. <laughs> What are the chances that we have? <laughs> now, I'm wondering if you picked this because I, I, I won't. Now, this is a this is some a, a project, a film that we've talked about. We've um, you actually worked with a client of mine on a scene from this. Um, the film is The Straight Story by David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't see, I didn't see that when I was scrolling through. So it stars Richard Farnsworth yeah. in an absolutely incredible performance. Who, by the way, he's also in The Natural and is great. In it. He, yeah. He's a terrific actor, often overlooked actor. 
and it's just about this old man riding his his ride on mower across Iowa. And uh, it's it's funny that it's called the straight story because this is easily the straightest story David Lynch has ever made, and it's David Lynch just making a Disney movie, and he does it, man. And it's it's hard for me to watch scenes with Richard Farnsworth in it because he's so raw in these scenes and so genuine and he dies, you know, a few years after this, he actually was in so much pain. He, he uh, committed suicide, which is a horrible thing, but his performance is so good and it's so captivating. And I, I genuinely love this movie again, another, I'm a sentimental fool, but I just love it, man. Love it. Is it on your list? I suppose not. It is not because I didn't see it when I was scrolling. So I picked a couple. I wanted to give some some call to the masses. So one of the movies I love that was kind of a surprise hit when it came out that I still think is charming. Did you ever see The Sandlot? No. Okay, you need to watch it with your son. It is. There is a whole subgenre of movies that aren't made today. And they're basically live action, family friendly, but not like, you know, so obviously family friendly that neither kids nor parents want to watch them. Uh, The Sandlot was basically a movie about a bunch of kids who would go down and play baseball kind of at the local park. And it is so charming. It's so funny. It's a, a small role played by James Earl Jones, but it is movies like that don't exist in everybody at every generation that sees it. I'm like, oh, I really like that movie. So I wish more movies like that were made. So I want to remind people to go watch it so that someday someone's like, we should make another movie like Sandlot or what more likely is to happen. We'll just remake Sandlot poorly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We won't think about that. (laughs) The Sandlot was on my list. And then what I think may be up there with one of the greatest, not just animated films, but one of the greatest films ever made that I love, Monsters, Inc. Oh. I love Monsters, Inc. For no rational reason. It is just funny. And have you seen it? No. You, you've never seen Monsters, Inc. I've oh, never you're seen the person that's never watched a Pixar movie. Right. Monsters, Inc. is good. <laughs> that's a good movie. All right. Well, well, look, now I, I have a companion to watch these types of movies. Yeah. So well, Monsters, I, I Monsters Inc. Them. is a good one. And then I picked an oddball that was like kind of like I remember when it came out, I didn't see it, but I watched it a few years ago. And kind of like a groundbreaking tonality to a movie that kind of fits in modern time even more. I think they've now announced they're remaking it. But have you ever seen Disney's The Rocketeer? I saw it years and years and years ago. Yeah. And like became the, a very big Jennifer Connelly fan. Well, yeah. well, I mean, there's many reasons to be a Jennifer Connelly fan. But the that movie, like the first half, the comedic beats and how they structure it, yeah. like you don't get movies like that. Like that yeah. movie would never be made today. So if you're kind of looking to like stretch something that I wanted to pick something that maybe someone hadn't seen yeah. uh, to give them something. So I picked that one. And then my top, which I would think, I really think it's an unbelievably well done movie, even though it hails from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I think Captain America Civil War might be their best movie in the entire franchise. It is so well done. 
and the to- the topicalness of what they're talking about, yeah. you know, from politics and humanity is just as relevant today. And man, rewatched that with my son, and I was like, "Geez, talk about having your finger on the pulse of what makes people <laughs> tick and what we're what we're in for." I, I, it, that movie seems to elevate beyond. Since they don't do a lot with the franchise, it was nice to see them understanding humans and what they yeah. do and structuring it in a way where it's kind of like the great 50s sci-fi movies where they would take okay what does racism look like and how do we make it with aliens and kind of like you know put it in your face so it reflects i think captain america civil war does that to an extent of the battle of like you know what are we willing to do not willing to do and all that and i i'm the performances were great i just i i really liked the movie and if you haven't seen it in a while go back i think you'll be surprised how well it holds up yeah you know Captain America: Civil War is one is a film that I wrote a lot about. Um, came out in 2016, and it was really politically prescient uh, for the time, and and really, yeah, one of the one of the better movies in in the uh, in the Marvel canon. Mm-hmm. All right, so Disney Plus, Disney rules the universe, and so Barry and I pick some movies to watch. <laughs> he went with Captain America: Civil War. The Rocketeer, Monsters, Inc., and The Sandlot. And my sole choice was The Straight Story by David Lynch, which, you know. Um, the fact that you found a Disney movie directed by Disney, uh, David Lynch, <laughs> no, David that right Lynch, there yeah. is, is everything. Uh, I was scouring, looking for something. <laughs> it's so weird that Disney, like, owns all those Fox movies and just, like... Oh, it, it's just bizarre. You have buried them under a mountain somewhere. Yeah, you... Trying to find a box movie. Just can't find them. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, what are we doing next? We got the two biggies. Let's left. do let's do HBO and we'll 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 wrap oh up. Oh boy. All right. HBO Max. Everybody's favorite uh behemoth out there. So how many you got, Barry, for this? I one? got four. See, I have three, but I crossed out another three. So I could actually say those three. We well, could say just, them. We won't dig into yeah, them. I'll, yeah, I, I won't get into it. I think there's there. a chance that we have one or two that line up on this one. That I, my prediction is, we we if you name all six, one or two, we're gonna have the same one. I don't think so. Okay. I think one. Back. I think there's a possibility of okay. one. Okay. One. Barry. I know. I know for a fact one of mine you wouldn't put on your list in a hundred thousand years. I know that one. Safe. <laughs> that it won't be on your list. Is it? Is it Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes? No. Is no. that what? It is? I, no. I, I like you too much to put that on. Okay. So, how many do you have again? Four. Four. Um, let's go back and forth on these then. Okay. If we, why don't you start? So I'm gonna start. I went back to classics because there's not enough classics. No, and, and they thing. Have okay, so you say you go ahead. They have so many classics on HBO. I had to put they on do. two, and I went with the filmmakers should watch, but most people haven't. And then I did what I think is arguably again one of the top three movies ever made. Um, so the obvious choice for cinema lovers is Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, it is <laughs> oh God, so good, so good. Um. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. If you don't know about Casablanca, um, don't watch a preview because previews from the 1930s <laughs> make the movies look unwatchable. Just watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a movie, folks. I mean, it's it it is. I remember I hadn't seen it 
like growing up, I had never seen it. And then when I was actually in film school, I had to watch it. And uh, I was like, oh, rolling my eyes. Like, I got to watch this thing. And then you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> That's why so, they make you watch now, it. Now I understand why everybody talks about Casablanca. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, I'm an asshole. Um, do you want to do your other classic? Uh, sure. The other one is, I, this one is not an American movie, but it's a all, <laughs> an amazing towering classic, Seven Samurai. Oh, boom. <laughs> boom. Yeah, that's right up my alley. Yeah, man. yeah, I knew. That's where I thought that one you might have on there. I wasn't sure. Um, no, here's the thing. So I didn't go. Uh, I'll just say this. I sort of just jotted down. Listen, HBO Max has. I, do, I don't I don't know if they have all of them, but they have a bunch of Kubrick. Yeah, um, which is just you can't go wrong. You just can't. And they have a bunch of Kurosawa. Yeah, which, again, you can't go wrong. Another one to watch if, if you like Seven Samurai, which I highly recommend. It's a fantastic film. Another great one is uh, Hidden Fortress, okay. which Kurosawa film, tremendous film. Another one they have is Throne of Blood, which is Kurosawa's um, Macbeth. And it's really, really good, man. They're all on there. Check them out. The other thing I would say uh, I didn't pick specific films, but I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. They have a bunch of Charlie Chaplin movies on there yep. and go for them, folks. You, again, if you've never watched any, I know it's an obvious choice. I would, but if you have not seen the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the most easily accessible for modern audiences to, to get their foot in the door with Chaplin. He probably has better movies, but I would say, go with the obvious choice, go, go watch the kid and, and, and enjoy yourself and be ready and you have a box of tissues. Nearby yes. And, you, tear and your the, heart out. the other thing, you know, you can't go wrong with him. And, and like, it's, it's, you, you, you just won't be disappointed. Like it, people forget, like you understand when you watch it that like, okay, this is why the film industry exists because of this guy, major tone. Okay. So here, Here's the film that I had. I actually watched this recently and I was like, again, I'm stuck in the 70s time frame. Um, by Robert Altman, starring Warren Beatty from 1971, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Um, you would have gave me 10,000 guesses. <laughs> that you would have picked two Warren Beatty movies. I know. It's I would have. Like, who picks a Warren Beatty movie ever? I know. It's, I don't know what's happening to me. What's it's happening? I'm in a strange place in my life. Are we living the invasion of the body snatchers right now? <laughs> so, well, no, but that's another movie to think about. Um, so this movie, it's one, I think it's one of Altman's best. Um, Warren Beatty is terrific in it. He gives such a good performance in this movie. It's actually sort of shocking. Um, he plays this sort of, it's, it's set, it's a Western um set in like the mountains and he's this sort of hustler who comes into this mining town and he has to sort of convince the town to let him open a brothel there and he does and then he runs into this big sort of corporate influence that tries to muscle him out and not surprising since it's baby it's it's the core of it is actually quite political um but it's not overt and he is tremendous in the movie. And it's, as a director, I would love for you to watch this movie. Okay. Because 
as you know, you, you and I have talked about this with Altman. We've worked on projects together where we've talked about it and at times attempted sort of an Altman-esque approach to things. This movie encapsulates that so beautifully. Okay. And it's just this lived experience. And uh, I really loved it. I really love this movie. And, and I think it's, it's, again, an often overlooked movie. People don't really think about it. But check it out. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. It's really... And give it a chance. Don't just bail on it early. Um, it's really worth seeing. Yep. My other film, I'll just give this other film and then we'll go back to you. Another 70s movie. You do know they made movies. On either I know. Side of the I, 70s. I've heard they've made movies in other decades. Three Days of the Condor. 1975. Well, I'm not Robert Redford. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue. Sidney Pollack directs Robert Redford. It's like the perfect 70s. Hey, Robert Redford's a movie star. Let's make a paranoid thriller. And you're just like, okay. And I, again, I watched this recently. I watched this probably three weeks ago. And it's, it's really such a wonderful 70s movie. I loved it. I recommend it. It's a breeze. It's easy to watch. It's, you know, like an hour. That's the other thing with these movies. It's like an hour and a half. You're in and you're out. You're like, this is great. Um, Three Days of the Condor. If, if you like Robert Redford, you'll love this movie. So check it out. Um, all right, Barry, what do you got? Is that, is that all of yours? No, no, okay. I have a couple more. Uh, well, do you, do you want me to? I got two more. So do you want okay. me to give the one that's going to make you want to quit the podcast? Or do you want me to do the one that might be on our list together next? Which one you, you pick? Do, do the one that might be on our list together. Okay. So this, this movie is so good. And the director, writer, is a genius, I think. His name is Brad Bird. And the movie is The Iron Giant. Yes. Yeah. Here's the thing. I didn't choose The Iron Giant oh. only because... No, only because... We are, it's already on another one of our lists. Yeah, I know, I know. And I was just like, I, I mean, this truly is a great film. Great movie, great movie. It's so good and like so moving and compelling. And it's just awesome. I had not seen it and, uh, and I saw it when it first came out. I hadn't seen it since. I watched it with my uh, five-year-old son uh, and and my mother who had never seen it and my five-year-old son had neither and we just love this thing all of us from five up to grandmother age it's just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal movie okay barry let's hear what you got all right so this one is a movie that if you watch it and you like comedy you're going to like this movie it's not a great uh -oh. movie it's not a flawless movie uh -oh. But have you ever seen the classic modern day classic identity thief with Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman? I've never seen the movie there. Uh, I know. I know you haven't. That's why I asked it rhetorically. <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of those ones where you take funny people, you throw it in and it just looks like it's going to be a train wreck and it's going to be like not funny. And you're going to be like, oh, this movie is consistently funny throughout the entire movie. It is surprisingly how good it is if you just want to laugh and you just want to be entertained. The Identity Thief is a, a rock-solid choice just to have a mindless evening of entertainment. Huh. I, I, um, I never would have guessed that. It's not Kurosawa. 
That's what I said, though. I, <laughs> I wanted to pick some different, you know, kind of throw the dart around the dartboard a little. Yeah, that, I mean, and, that's... And, but this just proves, I think, Jason Bateman, even his latest stuff, you know, Ozark and the um, Stephen King thing he did on, on HBO, he's another one that's brilliant. And so looking back now, he was probably at that stage in his career where he had more say and he deemed this worthy to be in. And I think he was right. And I think that's interesting versus going back when he was early, early, when you're just like, you offer me anything of note, I'll take it. Um, I think Identity Thief's worth a watch. Look, I, I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. I think he's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, I think he's great in Ozark. I love Ozark. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch that movie, but know you recommend it. It's okay. And that's great. That's great. Okay, so we, we have to hurry. Yeah. Um, so I'll move on. There were three. I love how you said, let's hurry after I say identity thief. I won't take that at (laughs) all a suggestion of my choice. (laughs) If we could, we'd go to commercial right now. Um, (laughs) And come back and just mic on the podcast. Yeah. So, okay. So HBO Max has the Planet of the Apes, the originals, um, which are, there are five of them. I love those movies. I can watch those movies over and over and over. Um, you do you, what you want, folks. But the original Planet of the Apes from uh, 68 to 73 are the best. Um, the other two, which I, I, I crossed these out, but I'll just say them anyway. Uh, JFK, which I love. It's Oliver Stone's magnum opus. It's, it's an amazing movie. And the other one is, um, it's just so obvious, but I'll say it anyway, Unforgiven. Um, <laughs> Unforgiven is one of the great films of all time. It's got such great acting. It's so well written. You so know what well we need directed. to do? Let's yeah. do a podcast on it. I'll rewatch it because I haven't seen it. Let's do it. It's let's, I, I've seen it recently. I love it. Yeah. Let, let's let's save that one for an actual podcast because that would be a fun one to dig back into, especially so with with Clint's new yes kind of revisiting yeah. the genre. It'd be a nice yeah. tie-in. So here's the one I did pick though. I'll be interested to hear what you think of this movie. 1993, directed by Tony Scott, written by Quentin Tarantino, True Romance. Never seen it. You've never seen True Romance? Oh my God, Barry. I love Tony Scott. Um, I think when that one came out, it was just kind of a, it felt like a weird movie. And I just, for whatever reason, skipped it. And I've always meant to go back, but I never have like a reason. And it's never like accessible. But now that it's on a streaming service, I'll, I'll go watch it. It's such a perfect early 90s movie. It like so encapsulates that crazy time period. And Christian Slater is in it. He's fine. Uh, Patricia Arquette is so good in this movie. And Brad Pitt is in it. Small role. Gary Oldman is phenomenal in it. The cast is unreal. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's such a winding story. Christopher Walken is in it. Uh, Dennis Hopper. It's it's like the perfect Tarantino movie without Tarantino directing with Tony Scott. So check out True, Rom- True Romance. It's it's just it's everything you could imagine it being. Okay, let's move on to Netflix, the big one. How many do you have there, Barry? <sighs> I should cut some. I'll just, I have six, but it's because I was trying. To, this is what I started with, and I was spending too much time, and I'm like, I got to cut these yeah. down. Um, so I can list them, and I can pick two to talk about okay go for it you want me to just list all of them so it's one that we keep coming back to on lots of our podcasts it's one of our favorites but wind river every time i see yeah yep it's got, it's got to make it on there 
Um, jumping back uh, into the, I don't know if this is the eighties or the seventies, uh, but Blade Runner, they have the director's yes. cut of Blade Runner. Um, and that movie is whew, talk about phenomenal. And then because I keep telling you that comedy is a, a, a constant of mine, I put two comedies on here. Number one, if you don't get them, I, I don't understand you as a human, but Monty Python and the Holy Grail yep, yep. is just phenomenal. And then going back in the vein of Sandlot, I can't think of a similar style movie that has been done like this. And I wish they were, because it's like we, we, we forgot how to make weird movies. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm. what an interesting story structure and way to tell a story like it's it's a little bit more groundbreaking than we think it's just like oh it's ferris bueller but you're like yeah but who came up with that idea and how to make that movie in the first place and it works so well um so i had two comedies and then the two kind of off the beaten path ones that i'll probably talk about is one i think didn't get nominated for academy award because it was early in the oh if it was on netflix you know you can't be nominated but I think Mudbound is an interesting watch for people who missed it. Um, it stars, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Carrie Mulligan um, and a couple other guys that you'd recognize um, kind of down in the South during slavery. But the movie yeah. was interesting and, and, and worthwhile. And the one that, I don't know if you've actually seen this movie, but I really like it. It reminds me a lot of the Ben Foster movie where he was living in the woods with his daughter. Yeah. But did you ever see Captain Fantastic? I've never seen it and people have recommended it, it to me. Very, it oh, is, oh, wow. This is this is the movie I want to star that it's not perfect. It's not, you know, anything. But Viggo Mortensen is yeah. phenomenal. But it's basically like a family that are, I don't know if they touch on if they're religious or not, but it's kind of assumed that they're kind of off the grid and the, you know they're kind of not into modern stuff and it is just an interesting fascinating powerful performance i think he's got like six kids and it's just it's so unique and interesting i just wish more people watch it so when i saw it on there i'm like gotta recommend that one because i want more eyeballs on that movie but i definitely think i do think you would enjoy it um i'll definitely check that one there's out, things yeah. to pick apart with it but on the whole especially if you like the ben foster movie I think it's close enough kind of in tone and what they're talking about that you'll be at least fascinated by it. And yeah. Viggo Mortensen has had some pretty darn good performances in his career. Terrific actor, man. I, I really dig Vigo. Um, solid list, Wind River. Um, you can't go wrong. Love it. Um, Blade Runner. So you, which, which edit of Blade Runner do you I like I think the best? it was... I don't think it was a theatrical. They had a weird term for it. So I didn't bother to look it up. Is it the final cut? I think a final cut. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have they have the original theatrical version and the final cut on there. Okay. Um, Ferris Bueller. I saw in the theaters when it came out. I saw it three times. I was a big Ferris Bueller guy because I was similar to Ferris Bueller at that age of my life. <laughs> um, so, and I'll check out Captain Fantastic. Now, my Netflix. Netflix has some good stuff right now, which, which isn't well, always the case. Yeah, rarely is it the case, but I had yeah. to dig for some of these uh, to, to find them. Almost everything that they show you for the new stuff, it's like, oh, yeah. gag, me, gag me. So there's a bunch of Tarantino on there. There's a bunch of Paul Thomas Anderson movies on there. Check those out. In fact, I'm going to pick one of those movies. Um, 
one of my favorite movies of all time is Boogie Nights from 1997. Paul Thomas Anderson starring Mackie Mack Wahlberg as uh, a well-endowed up-and-coming, pardon the pun, uh, porn star. It's funny. It's uh, dramatic. It's incredibly well-made. Just a vibrant, incredible movie. Check out Boogie Nights if you've not seen it. Um, the next one, I was kind of surprised you didn't pick. From 1997 as well. A young director named David Fincher. The Game. Oh, yeah. 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 So The Game stars Michael Douglas, and he's really good in it. And, and Sean this- Penn. Sean Penn plays his brother and Michael Douglas gets put through the ringer. Uh, it's hard to describe. Boy, it's, it's a dark movie at times. It's a really good one, though. It, I need to rewatch it. I, rem- I don't think the world was ready for it when it came out. I think Agreed. I, I think a lot of times when you have like a twist or like, oh, that's what I'm watching. It's a little bit lighter and it kind of makes it more palatable. This one, you were like, Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> like it was almost like it was too dark for the audience to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm okay with that. And and it was so, I mean, it was daring and it was well done. But I I do I do think the general audience didn't know if they could recommend it to people. And since it wasn't necessarily an enjoyable watch, I, I think it's one of his forgotten movies. But it is really, yeah. really well done movie. It it could be um an uncomfortable film at times. Yes. Um to 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 live in that world so uh but that in a way is what makes it so compelling um and speaking of sean penn my next movie is from 2007 he directed it into the wild um starring emile hirsch plays uh chris mckendrick uh who goes out into the world and just sort of wanders around is that the movie where they're eating mice when it's frozen I know that's not. That's called. It's <laughs> called the wild, right? No. So into the wild, I, it's it's. Yeah, I never saw movies. that one. I, I know what the poster looks like. He's sitting on top of his van, stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I never saw it. What? Uh, it's it's based on the true story of Chris McCandless, uh, who um, sort of sort of just lets everything go and and hitchhikes cross country and works you know odd jobs and ends up going to Alaska um, and is this sort of philosopher type person just being in life and questioning everything and it's one of the movies this is is uh it just hit me like a ton of bricks and sean penn is generally not a very good filmmaker um he's very good in this it's not perfect there there's flaws to it but he's very good emile hirsch is terrific in the movie Kristen stewart is uh is in the movie i think she's like 16 or 15 or something she's very good in the movie um hal holbrook is in it and gives yeah i would argue the best performance of his career he has a monologue in that movie that is absolutely gut-wrenching and it's so well delivered so i would highly recommend into the wild i have two more i'll do them real quick the first is uh from guillermo guillermo del toro pan's labyrinth a movie from 2006 it's uh a weird dark (laughs) del toro movie about fascism in uh in europe and it's really it's about a little girl uh navigating the spanish civil war it's terrific 
so good, so imaginative, so unique. And my final one is just an old school, throw it out there, Clint Eastwood. I think besides Unforgiven, this is his best Western. It's uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. That's a solid choice. It's a solid uh, choice. You can't go wrong with the Outlaw Josie Wales. It's like I was going to say, so great. If, if I had to guess, the only thing I would have guessed is that you picked something from the 70s and I would have been right. So I win. Yep, you, you win. All right, so Netflix, Barry goes with Wind River, which I love. Uh, Blade Runner, Holy Grail, Ferris Bueller, Mudbound, and Captain Fantastic, which is his with a bullet to number one. My picks are The Outlaw Josie Wales, Pan's Labyrinth, Into the Wild, The Game, and Boogie Nights. Um, anything to add in our closing moments here, Barry, for the, our The only thing that keeps sticking in my head is you talked about Robert Altman, and I don't know if it's on any streaming service, but one, Altman is kind of a little bit weirder. And I think his most accessible or broadest appeal movie is a, a long forgotten movie called The Player with Tim Robbins. Yeah. That's, that's on HBO Max. If that's on HBO Max, if, if you're a little bit worried about marching into Robert Altman world, I, I could say that that would be like a gateway movie where you can kind of get you in. It's a little bit off, but it's a little bit more Definitely. structured, uh, especially if we love movies. It's kind of a, you know, it is what it is, you know. It's, yeah. No, it's it, it's a terrific movie. It's a terrific Altman. Interestingly, the like the Altman sort of greatest, like Nashville and yeah. MASH and stuff like that, you can't find on streaming services at the moment, which is just always weird to me that like well, I don't understand companies, that. yeah, the companies own this property and they don't well, I think it. I think I think the reason they do is they build up demand like Disney used to do when they release stuff. Then mm -hmm. they can, you know, otherwise it's just like Six pennies, six pennies, six pennies for the rental. And I think they mm. build up a demand for them. If they're really classics, then if they don't need to build their streaming service, they sit on it and bring it out at different times. Um, okay, everybody. So we put together our list from Amazon, Hulu, Disney Plus, Netflix, and HBO Max. It's, it's quite expansive. On my website, I will list all of the films that we are recommending, just so that you'll have it uh, in front of your face. And... I think that's it. I think th this is all we talked about. Interestingly, this discussion has given us a few ideas for more podcasts. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so that was great. Um, so I think that's it. We done, Barry? We done? We're done. We're all done. All right. All right, cool. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Look at California Film Minnesota. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>